year, and that means New Year's resolutions. Ones that we can completely abandon in six weeks. Who better to have on than Shafi Syed of Equinox Hotels to help us all get back to that holistic, live, work, play, healthy lifestyle that we all love and dream of. So set down that glass of wine, and let's go for a ride. Uh, Shafi, Happy New Year. Thank you for coming on and joining me. Exciting times. One of the early guests this year on Teague Talks. Yeah, thank you, uh, Teague. Happy New Year as well. Happy New Year. So where are you coming from? You're in exotic locations every time we talk, but where are you today? Tell the people. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell with backgrounds like that, isn't it? But I'm, um, um, I'm currently in Dubai, so normally based in New York, and that's where my HQ is in Hudson Yards. Um, and then uh, during the course of the pandemic, I moved to London because we were looking at a couple of sites in, in Europe. And I spent some time in London as my family lives there. And then literally before the holidays, like just before Christmas, I flew to Dubai as we were looking at a project in Dubai. And I kind of tricked my family into believing we were going there on holiday. Uh, but as you can see, I carried my suit with me. So I'm kind of here on work with a little bit of, uh, with a little bit of downtime in, involved. Ah, I'm jealous. I would like to have spent the holidays in Dubai myself. Uh, how is Dubai? Is it open? Is it active? What is, what's happening there? It is, it is surreal. It is open. It's active. Um, they're doing all the right things. There's social distancing. There's masks. Um, there's, there's testing. All of the good stuff. And it's very, very regulated in terms of what you can and can't do. Um, and I think that gives a lot of consumer confidence. And you can see that in the hotels. Uh, occupancies are through the roof um, over the Christmas and holiday periods. I think hotels were, some hotels were trading at $2,000 average rates. Uh, you know, mouth-watering stuff. It's ridiculous. And, and hotels were packed. You couldn't get a room for love of money. Uh, restaurants were buzzing. Everything was seeming like, it, it almost looks like you're on a different planet. Um, but yeah, I mean, it also gives you a lot of confidence that, you know, the world's going to, when it comes back, it's going to come back big. So travel, hospitality, not going anywhere. Is it global travelers? I mean, Dubai is very international. Is that who's coming? There's, there's, a, there's a combination of air bridges involved here. Obviously, there's air bridges between the UK and, the, and Dubai, which helps. The Brits are a very big uh, traveling uh, population as, as they go everywhere. And so this has been a, a predominantly led by that. But it's also been uh, driven through Asia, through Asia Pacific, through parts of the Middle East. Within the demographics of the Middle East, they're open to other markets like Saudi Arabia. So it's, 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 it's great. You know, they've, they've opened up little bubbles and that's, that's worked for them. Sounds like a great market for an Equinox hotel. It is, yeah. It's got the beach, it's got the sun, it's got the sand, you know, everything fits. Yeah, it's a great market. Uh, and then how, how does that compare to London? And are you, when are you going back to London? Yeah, so I should head back sometime next week. And that's a completely different story. Chalk and cheese, um, tier four lockdowns, and I think probably will remain like that for the next few months. Uh, before things start to look up again. Um, I think there's certainly a correlation between the weather, the warm weather, uh, which was during July and August in, in the summer in the UK, where it didn't feel like a lockdown was a lockdown. And certainly the weather has a big, big factor to play. Um, and then when I was leaving New York in, 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 in the summer as well, it felt a lot better. So I think certainly the warm weather is going to make a difference. Um, but yeah, tale of two cities completely, London, New York, Dubai, you know, just London and New York, probably similar in the, in, the, in the way the travelers come through. A lot of corporate travel, a lot of suits, which is completely decimated right now. Uh, the leisure travel is really dependent on restaurants, F&B, retail, and all of that obviously is, 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 is stressed. Uh, so I think unlike that, you know, where you've got a bit more resort, urban resort feel like Dubai, which has the beach and the sand and the sun, 
um, I think that makes a slight difference. So I, I can see that that's probably one of the driving factors. All right. So that, you know, sort of my lead question, you know, it's, it's New Year's, New Year's resolutions. Uh, we all want to get in shape. I'd like to lose my COVID-19 uh, or COVID-6 or 7 that I picked up over the holidays. So uh, I'm, I'm, how are the gyms? Are they open? Are they operating? If I want to show up next week and go to an Equinox gym, what's life like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really uh, been a difficult year for the fitness uh, business. And I think uh, Equinox gyms, uh, the, good thing, the good thing about that is that we have such a cult-like following of consumers that they, you know, every time we reach out to them and, and when, we, when we shut gyms down in the early part of the year and then we reopened, uh, we were inundated with the fact that consumers were back, you know, in, in big force, you know, over 90% of that database continues to come back and continue and will, would like to come back as and when we open wherever we are closed, where we like to be opening. So that's, that's, a, that's a real comfort that in, in this entire um, COVID pandemic, the, the fitness piece has been really what people are wellness, well-being. People really want to take care of themselves. And like you said, you know, eat well, sleep well, look after yourself, which is kind of the mantra of Equinox as well. So it kind of fits really well. People want to go back. You know, I, I have a 16-year-old. Um, you know, the first thing we did when this whole thing hit was buying fitness equipment for your garage, right? That was the stuff that was at premium. So it, it tells the story that people are really um, going to go back and take care of themselves even more as that's one of the, one of the trends post-COVID. So from the gym perspective, do you see an impact from the Peloton of the world community impacting the gyms? No, I think um, one good thing about Equinox is that our fitness business has been always positioned not just as a fitness business, but as a social business where like-minded individuals get together, uh, they, they you know, work out, but work at the fitness club, the social spaces, the F&B spaces, they're large. We've got a very uh, heavy investment in technology, so it allows us to even during the closure of the fitness clubs, our guests were deeply engaged with personal trainers and the business directly through how we are you know, interacting. We, were, we had this, uh, a brand called Varis, which was a digital platform that we had pre-COVID, and that really came, came into force uh, du during the pandemic. So it's, 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 it stood us uh, well during this difficult time. So I think what's fascinating is one of the things you talk about often is that Equinox community, and that we're not just a gym. We are a club, we are a community. There is right. a lifestyle uh, to it. It's not just jump in, get your workout, and leave. So, Absolutely. And I think that's what you've been building off of with the hotel and the co-working and everything else that you guys are trying to do. Right. And, and I think um, if you look at the hotel business as such, um, we've never been as, 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 a, as a business, we've never been in, in inclusive of the community, right? Your hotels tend to be four boarding places. You go there if you're staying there. You go there if you're having a drink or an F&B meal, but you really don't integrate with the community. And, and, and one of the things about bringing the Equinox uh, hotel business was bringing the Equinox fitness club with seamlessly integrated with the hotel experience meant that two, three, four thousand members who would then come into the hotel from outside. And I was staying at Hudson Yards for the first few months. Um, it, you could see the west side of Manhattan and the lifts and the lobbies and the restaurants and the bars. Not just spending money, but just being there was enough for somebody who's a room guest checking in, feel like they were in New York. And the same is what we'd like to do in other markets as we go, whether it's Miami, LA, London, you know, and further beyond. Talk to me about, um, about your projects. I mean, you've got some really cool projects going on. Uh, Hudson Yards being the biggest and best of all of them. I mean, that, that's an unbelievable project. How did that come about and how's that working in COVID? Yeah, 
it's, 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 it's the largest, single largest private mixed-use development in the history of the United States. So that's one accolade among others. And then it's got such, such cool factors, including the vessel, uh, which is a Thomas Hedrick design, eight-story copper gleaming sculpture, uh, where the fitness clubs actually do a vessel run. That's like a vertical mile run up. And then that's it. That, that really okay. sorted for me. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, there's, there's, there's things like the Edge, which is the highest sky deck in the Western Hemisphere, where uh, the weekend played at the VMA Music Awards, which is pretty cool, right up yeah, there. So I, I saw that. That was fantastic. And I knew I thought of your building when I saw it, when I saw that live. I was like, what? It's my boy. It got, it got phenomenal reviews. And then uh, off the back of that, over the summer, we had yoga classes on the edge. It's a, not for the faint hearted, I can tell you, because it's, it's right up there. And uh, but it was packed, sold out. And so one of the highest yoga classes to be held in the Western Hemisphere on a sky deck. Uh, so we did some really cool programming, but, you know, just uh, getting serious about the development, I think the reason why uh, we, you know, we, we are, it's, it's a related led development, related companies is one of our stakeholders that developed Hudson Yards. Uh, it's a great mix of retail, commercial, residential. And then, you know, the reason why they picked the Equinox Hotel brand to be that flagship there was because they wanted that to be the anchor. They wanted that to be the driving force. We talked about the, the organic footfall that the club members create. They come to that precinct every day, three, four thousand members, and they, they, they are actually out there in the retail. And, and they, these are uh, Facebook, Amazon, BlackRock, the headquarters that are out there, the, the commercial uh, space that is there. The, that, that, that's the, the Equinox Hotel and the club becomes a real uh, magnet for them. So it's kind of all these different asset classes play really well with each other. And Hudson Yards is, is probably the best place where we could have chosen to actually put the flag, the Equinox flagship out there. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mixed-use development on steroids, as I would call it. It's got residential on top for sale. It's got a hotel in the middle, which is 200 keys, designed by SOM and, and, and Rockwell Interiors. Uh, it's got the, the Equinox Fitness Club. It's a 60,000 square foot um, gigantic. It's our flagship club that we've ever built, the largest we have ever built. It's got a wine spectator. It's got a soul cycle. And it's got industrious, which is one floor of co-working space. And then we've added offices. Our, our, our own office headquarters are there. Uh, so it's it's great. It's it's it, you know all those different asset classes play really well with each other, and then the club becomes a real engine for all of that because it supports. If you're a resident, you can just a lift right away, or you have access to the world's best fitness facility. If you're if you're an industrious co-worker, uh, co-working uh, tenant, then you can just come down again during your lunch hour and, and have a quick workout or hang out. So it's it's it all works really well, and uh, it's a, it's a uh, it's a well-designed development. So I gotta ask, I mean, it, it is a truly world-class, unbelievable mixed-use project, so kudos. But I gotta ask, is it working? I mean, is it doing everything as designed? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the, the total development, you have to admit, the retail piece is something that is, uh, is constrained right now, as retail is everywhere else in the world. Um, and office, probably to a certain extent, with the work from home culture. Uh, but because the club and the hotel, and we, we reopened on Labor Day, we closed down, we reopened the hotel during Labor Day, um, you know, we picked up some, some great business staycations, of course, no, not different from the other uh, brands that opened back in New York. Uh, but we actually, we also felt that the consumer was uh, really feeling good about coming back to a hotel that had sort of expansive spaces. Uh, the pool decks, the, the club itself is a 60,000 square foot club. So social distancing was very easy for us to do. Uh, and the fact that they were coming back into an experience 
uh, that was wellness led certainly adds to that to that whole component. Uh, whilst uh, there was a flight to resort destinations, people were heading out to resort destinations. Uh, the way we have positioned our brand as Equinox Hotels and Club is an urban resort. So it's a vertical resort kind of an offering. That's how we position our, our, our brand there in New York. So that really helped us as well. So we are a leisure, transient, focused brand that, again, ha uh, helps bring that customer back. So, yes, there was, a, there was no suits. There, were no, there was no corporate travel because it's just right now uh, constrained. Uh, but we picked up some very interesting business as well. We got uh, one of the top NBD teams booked in uh, during during that time uh, in a in a bio bubble. So they were training to get back in shape. So um, you know, as you can appreciate, the brand has a deep connection to to sports and and, and a lot of big teams and sports stars train with our clubs around around the world. Uh, but there's also a deep connection to fashion, music, arts, and that's again you know why we got into the hotel business is because this was an easy transition for us to make. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's working. And, and even pre-COVID, uh, I mean, you had some of the highest rev bars in the city, if not everywhere, right? So it was working pre-COVID. Concept was really proving out, right? Yeah, I mean, health is a new wealth, right? So people, yeah. if, if just to take a step back, we, we created the brand with the view that uh, all of us travel in hotels for leisure and for work. And hotels are not the best place to get your mojo back when you're on the road. You know, the, the, the room product, the sleep program, the F&B, the bars, these are, these are not good for you. These, this is not the kind of life you lead when you're back home. You eat well, you sleep well, you look after yourself. And so the, the philosophy of the brand was, let's create this hotel product where when you check in, even if you don't have to go to the fitness club, when you check out, you're a better version of yourselves. So that was the deep-rooted philosophy behind creating the Equinox Hotel brand. And that's what consumers find. And a lot of my friends and, and guests who stay there say, I never went, went to the Equinox Club even once, uh, but this was, this was amazing. Uh, that I felt like I was, I was doing myself a favor by staying here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, that health and wellness, maybe a staycation, something. Or if I got to travel, why not get some good exercise and stay healthy while I'm at it, right? Absolutely. And I think hotels... Yeah, go ahead, please. And, sorry, and I think that you're, I was just going to say, I again, I think it's worked with the highest rev bars in the market. I mean, people have been willing to pay for the amenities that you guys are providing. So I think that in and of itself says it, says a lot. Yeah, we cranked up to about $700 in ADR within the very first year of opening. That's, that's for New York standards in a market like Hudson Yards is, is we are very, very proud of ourselves. It's one of the best openings, we're actually the North American best opening. And I think core competency and credibility has a lot to do with it. Uh, so when you're, when you're integrating a fitness wellness concept within hotels, it's been tried before by hotels and it's never worked. Why? Because you, you need a 29-year-old fitness company with a cult-like following like Equinox to actually enter the space and bring that credibility. We even decided that we want to use the same brand pillars of the fitness brand into our hotel. So movement, nutrition, regeneration are our three brand pillars of the fitness brand. So movement comes from the club. So every, every, every Equinox hotel will have a signature Equinox fitness club. Nutrition comes from the F&B piece. So it's not just about kale salads and green smoothies. You can still have a cheeseburger and, and still do yourself good. So we, we work with celebrity restaurateurs and, and local operators. So Steven Starr does Electric Lemon in New York. Jose Andres and David Chang. These guys love working with us because they can actually create destination dining experiences where you can still have a good night out, have a martini, and, and, and still, still not necessarily abuse your body from an from a F&B standpoint. So that's, that's great. And then the regen is my favorite where 
sleep. We, we, you know, uh, I think the articles that came out was that this is a brand that's built on the pillars of sleep. They built a, they, they built a whole hotel around sleep. So the program around sleep was we wanted to create this chamber, this perfect sleep chamber where you, you have an iPad in the room where you press a button that says dark, cool, and quiet, and the room shuts down. So the temperature drops automatically to 18 degrees, which is the optimal body sleep temperature. The lights go out, proper blackouts come down. There's MERV 15 filters in the air conditioning units. So you feel like you're breathing good air. Um, and so all of those things really, the, the mattresses are designed in Greece by Cocomat. Um, they, they just really a lot of thought that's gone behind just uh, the whole concept of sleep because that's important. Yeah, I'm going back to the days with Barry Stern that created the heavenly bed. You remember that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys are taking it to the next level. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so I love it. Now talk to me though, COVID impact though. I mean, and I'm, I'm even going with like brand standards and stuff where you're having to scale back things. Are you guys feeling that impact or are you just going to head down and plow forward? You know, I, I don't want to sound like um, uh, cocky about this, but we almost felt like, A, uh, the hotel was almost designed for this and for this impact of COVID. Um, and I'll talk a bit about that. And B, I think COVID certainly accelerated our position, uh, given that we are in that sort of broad wellness, well-being, fitness segment. So, so why, we, why we felt like we were almost designed for COVID was A, look at what's, what are the changes that took place, right? Obviously, um, hygiene and cleanliness, cleanliness that's, that's table stakes. You, know, you can't say you're better than someone else. That's got to be a, a standard, right? So we're not, I'm not talking about that. That's got to be a given when we come out of this. Uh, but the contactless guest journey was something that we'd already done pre-COVID. So you can check in, check out on your phone. On your iPad in the room, you can do everything, literally, order room service, book a yoga class, get yourself an iron board, everything. So it's contact. We've got a design hook outside the room for a contactless experience of delivery in terms of in-room dining. So we, we, we kind of almost moved into smooth gears as soon as we reopened post-COVID. And that contactless guest journey was amazing to see that pre-COVID, probably uh, half the guests were using that because you know we'd all been spoiled to go to the concierge and pick up the phone and do all of that stuff. Post COVID, everyone just muscle memory, right? We check in, check in into airlines and do everything. The same thing applied into the hotel. So we, we kind of put the investment into the technology platform. And for us as a hotel company that's growing, we, our next hotel opens next year and so on. We don't have a, a you know, 50 or 500 hotels to implement that into. Uh, this is easier for us to, as we ramp up. So it must be tough for contactless, true contactless guest journey for hotel brands is going to be the, the biggest challenge, I think. And so we, we found that was uh, very good. Uh, the other thing was our physical product, room product was designed in such a way that we did away with a lot of the decorative pillows, the things that are hard to clean. Um, you know, we had MERV 15 filters in the air conditioning units already. So that meant giving comfort to the customer that you're, you're breathing good air, good quality air. We had paper and plastic free because there's a big, sustainability uh, push from our brand. We have to be sustainable if you are focused on health. So those things really hardwood floors. Um, so those things really uh, felt like we were designed for COVID. And then, and then I think uh, some of the things that we actually went against the grain of what other brands were doing, for example, people were doing away with mini bars. We doubled down on it. We have 70 products in our mini bar of which almost 50 of them are superfoods, you know, health immunity, boosting snacks. So those things are important, relevant. People don't want to, you know, we, we, we couldn't do away with it. It was actually, we doubled down on it. So it was pretty cool to see that. Yeah, again, I think it goes back to your health and wellness uh, roots, which is that's who you are uh, and your membership. And I think everybody pre-COVID, now post-COVID wants to be healthy, wants to stay there. 
That's why I'm doing the New Year's resolution thing. Let's get back in shape, Shavi. I think I got to get on the treadmill. I got to come back to the gym. So uh, remind me, though, as a guest, I don't have to be a member, unlike Soho House, where I have to be a member in order to stay in the hotel. I don't have to be an Equinox member to stay in the hotel. And when I'm staying at the hotel, I get a membership to the gym, right? It's a seamless process. As soon as you check in online and you all check in the hotel, um, you automatically register as an Equinox club member. So when you go down to the fitness club you're, uh, and you give your details, you're recognized automatically as, a, as an Equinox guest. So you're a guest during the, uh, the, during the stay while you're at the hotel and you're recognized as one. Uh, and that actually becomes a really driving factor for them to then think about going back and becoming a member at Equinox as well. Yeah. Uh, but a lot, as we, as we look to open all the hotels in different markets, you'll see that cross-pollination of membership and member-based traveling within our hotels taking place. Right now it's New York, but as soon as LA opens, which is our next one, uh, there'll, be, there'll be a lot of exciting cross-pollination between that and as we grow global as well. All right, let's, I love it. Let's talk global. So let's talk development and expansion. You're in Dubai, you're, you're doing your diligence, you're in London, where are we going next? How are we growing this thing across the globe? Yeah, look, I think the, the, the biggest trend for us over COVID has been that, uh, you know, we, we, we've already um, opened Hutchin Yards and it's been a tremendous success. The brand, you know, set the scene for what, set the tone for what we're gonna do next. And so there's three, three routes to grow for us. One is with our own stakeholders, uh, related. So that pipeline consists of downtown LA that opens, it's a Frank Newman design 300 key hotel, uh, which is going to be spectacular. That opens in 2022, first quarter. Uh, following hot on its heels is going to be uh, Chicago, and then Houston, and then San Fran, and then Hawaii. So that'll be our first but not the only resort products. So that's going to keep us busy in terms of our own flagship ground up developments that will come out for the next four years. Um, and as any other brand, we want to kind of set the tone with our own capital. There's about a billion dollars of our own capital being invested in developing that pipeline. And then the second route is really with third-party developers, either with the involvement of related taking a stake in that project or just directly with those third-party developers. So we're having active conversations in some key cities, including Miami, uh, Cabo, uh, Seattle, uh, and then uh, beyond that, we're looking to get into Austin. We're having a, a really interesting conversation in Austin. Uh, so if you think about the way we uh, you know, take a step back and how we look at our uh, development pipeline and where we want to go in terms of locations, we look at it from two lenses. We look at it from a hotel lens, and the hotel lens really is strong ADRs, occupancies, gateway cities, high demand drivers into that, both leisure and corporate. So there's the usual suspects of the top 15 markets in the US, Canada, and then internationally, uh, you know, top half a dozen markets each in Europe and Asia Pacific. So London, Madrid, Paris, Barcelona, Rome, Singapore, Hong Kong, Bali, Bangkok, you get the picture. And then the second lens that we look at is from a, a fitness club lens. And that's really drilling down into those destinations and saying, where would we get the max bang for buck? Where's that demographic density being the highest? of that customer, which we talked about earlier on, that traveler, the guy who consumes luxury goods. So we've got them uh, in terms of demographic profile pretty closely nailed down. And we know that density of that customer and that's based on retail, commercial and residential density within that neighborhood. So we would combine those two hotel and club metrics and then land on locations within those destinations. So that's kind of where we're growing. And then so going back to the growth, uh, route to growth. The second piece is with third-party developers where it's kind of asset-like and that's kind of the next route which will be the faster way to grow as other brands do. 
uh, where you have a management agreement relationship with that developer and, and, and typically what other brains have done in terms of taking their growth pipeline from owner operator to, to sort of asset buyer. Uh, but I like that you're seeding it with your own capital first with related yeah. you got your own partners. So proof of concept first, then everybody will pile on. The third parties will pile on and follow once you've proven that it's worked. Totally. And it's, and sorry to interrupt, but just to add on to that, there's a there's a real differentiation piece here that's important because owners and operate owners are already starting to think about you know why am I doing this brand or what am I doing so with with that brand and so differentiation is the big piece here. As you can imagine, the luxury space is you know highly crowded with brands that look and feel the same, and then so with the lifestyle space where there's you know focused on millennials, nightlife. Uh, social spaces and, and rooftops. You know, I'm, I'm kind of generalizing here, but there's a, there's a lot of crowded brandscape in luxury and lifestyle. And so I think we bring that combination. We are a luxury lifestyle brand, but with a highly differentiated and highly relevant offering. So I think we, we will see, as you rightly said, once we start to put those flags in the ground and we are seeing the results of that already, that owners want to bring that brand to their city and bring it to life. You think brands are going to be more important or less important post-COVID? I think brands will give confidence, reassurance, and consistency. That's, that's always going to be the role of brands. Uh, but I think where brands have to really think long and hard post-COVID is that the, the consumer is not going to be just dazzled by the brand and their past experience. They're going to look at, as a customer, I'm going to, when I start to travel two years from now and it's safe to travel and all that's going to be good, I'm going to look for experiences that's going to enrich my life and it's going to be up to the brands to find out the formula as to what that means. You know, how will I, why will I spend five, six, seven hundred dollars a night to stay in your property? Uh, is it because of the 50 square meter rooftop or the basement of the nightclub or that one restaurant? I don't think so. I think it's going to be much deeper. So there's going to be a lot more substance and depth behind the style when brands come out post COVID. So, um, you know, dare I say some brands might find that their relevance is not there anymore, right? Uh, consumers are going to start to be very picky. I'm not talking about the guy who's traveling on work and he's going to stay in some of these brands day in and day out. I'm talking about the sort of at the luxury lifestyle end of the spectrum. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, you have you think you're going to have a hard time holding that $700 rate that you had in Hunted Yards? You think it'll be less than that when when we roll out of this? Um, I think it's a good question, and I think the proof of the pudding was when we reopened in Labor Day we held rate and that shows that consumers are actually open to paying for that experience. It's not about the rate. I think it was about comfort and feeling good about staying in those hotels again. Um, so I think, you know, and we are fortunate to have that one hotel so we can, we can uh, rev, revenue manage that, yield manage that. Uh, but to, uh, the answer to the question is yes, I think we will hold rate. I think when we come out of this crisis, we are highly differentiated and that highly differentiation, uh, highly differentiated product is going to actually create premiums for us, I think. All right. Uh, and going back to your construction, just because I'm curious, are your, are your phase one partners related, are your banks, your lenders, in the development projects that you listed out in LA and Chicago and wherever, are your, are your partners sticking with you? You see all those happening, or has anybody gotten short arms and pulling back, saying nah, we may need to pause? Look, I think everyone's um, having to rationalize all the projects that were launched pre-COVID, right? right? And so, give you an idea. Downtown LA is moving forward. That's our next opening. It's not delayed. It's on schedule. It's on target. So that that tells you a story. 
beyond that, anything that's ground up, everyone's kind of making sure that they're doing the right thing for the asset mix, the class of asset that was originally planned, whether it was retail, office, residential, multifamily, branded residential, and then hotel and club. So you got seven different asset classes in some of these, some of these uh, projects. And so maybe some of them might be toned down, some of them might be reconfigured. We're seeing certainly a lot of uh, adaptive reuse coming through us in terms of pipeline. So um, office conversions into hotels is a big, big thing. Uh, in London, we're looking at a lot of big box retail stores and really prime locations where you would never be able to think about having a hotel conversion on that building is now starting to, those, those discussions are taking place, right? Uh, why? Because retail is constrained in the short term. And, you know, there, there will be leases to, to pay. And then I think over the next 24 months, those boxes are looking to uh, tone down or, or completely go online. And so we were speaking to one retailer um, without taking names. And they said the COVID accelerated their online business by over 75%. So that means they don't need to have these expensive leases out there and find locations for consumers to come and do what they're doing online today. So that muscle memory should stay on. So it's, it, it's going to be interesting post-COVID to see how, how many of those retail and office pieces can be configured to be no doubt. I, you know, I think you're right. And when we go that counter cyclical, it's kind of often better to grow in the downturn because there are more opportunities. Assuming you have your capital partners on, on board and staying bullish with you. Yeah, look, I think there is a lot of confidence in the brand as it's not, it's not a new brand. It's a, it's a, you know, close to 30 year old business. It's a well-established business. We've opened 106 clubs in the, in the last 29 years, not a single club has ever closed down. So it's a, it's a robust, solid business. It's a relevant business. It's in the right space. And then the hotel pieces I've talked about and not to oversell that, but the hotel pieces is a, is a, is an even more exciting part of the story because it amplifies the overall experience. When you put an Equinox club in a hotel like Hudson Yards, you will see that the experience is amplified multiple times. So that, that gives a lot of confidence in our investor partners to say, yes, I think this is, this is the place where people will want to go to when, when the world comes back. Remind me how many clubs are out there again? 106. 106. And what's the membership cost? So it varies across the cities, but on average, anything between $200 to $300. I'll give you an idea. In, in London, which is the premium part in Mayfair, uh, the membership is close to 400 pounds. So and a month, uh, right? A month. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So this is the premium customer we're talking about. And, and, and for that, you know, you, get, you, you, you really get the best of everything in terms of fitness facilities, TRX, which is the trainers are legendary. You know, people follow them like guards. They tell you what to eat, when to sleep. Um, the, the physical facilities themselves are designed with some great, uh, you know, thought behind them. They are, they look more like lobbies of five-star hotels and they really integrate with the local community. So what you see in New York is completely different from what's in LA and in Miami. Uh, there's some really cool things coming out of the ground as well. Equinox in the wild, which is outdoor fitness. So we've actually brought some of our fitness clubs outside because that's what people want to do. They want to work out outdoors. And uh, that's probably going to be one of, one of the coolest trends weather permitting of course in the future yeah i think it's going to continue i mean that, that's not a cheap membership though it's amazing the depth of the market that is eager to pay that because i i guess they want it there's amenities that they want people yeah, look, have proven they want to pay for to be healthy totally totally you, you hit the nail on the head i think people will people will not compromise when it comes to the health and more so now all right. Well, there's my New Year's resolution. And Shafi, the only reason I had you on is, you know, for the free membership that you, of course, are going to offer. 
No, listen, you're more than welcome to come and, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, changed in, in COVID for us was we were, we were uh, really doing a lot of tours in the hotel because people wanted to come and see what is, what is Equinox done? What have they created here? Why is it get, getting such rave reviews? And I think off the back of that, we got a lot of investors, developers, uh, partners come through and say, this is exactly what I want to build. You know, Shanghai is a great example. We're having a conversation as far away as Shanghai where the owner stayed there and he said, this is, this is what Shanghai needs. And so a lot of cities are missing that uh, integration of uh, fitness and wellness into in an urban setting in a hotel, if you think about it. That's as simple as that. But it's, it's, it's been difficult to execute. The, the trick shot here is Chris Norton, who's the CEO, um, you know, spent 28 years with Four Seasons as the president and CEO in his last role. Uh, he, he, so if he, he says it really succinctly. That's, it's easy to bring a fitness club in a hotel and make it work, but you've got to execute that brilliantly. You've got to provide that level of service where consumers are willing to pay the premium for that. And so we've got a great team that executes and delivers that on a day in and day out basis. There's a fantastic group that comes together from design, technical services, F&B, uh, operations, and all marketing, sales. It's, it's, a, it's a great team that, you know, we're really excited to bring this brand to life in other cities. Well, Shafi, I think you're doing great things. I think it's a great brand. I think you guys have great team, great leadership. So I'm excited to see what you guys can pull off going forward. Um, and keep it up. It's a great brand. We, we need it. Thank you, T. Well, look, um, I, all I can say, since you've, since you've given me the pressure of talking about health and wellness, I think I hope that everyone really, really stays safe and, and stays well and, and we all come out of this crisis. And I, if Dubai is an example to go by, I, I'm 100% confident that we will all be back traveling, singing, paying the dollars and keeping the occupancies and rates up. Um, this is, I'm, I'm very bullish. I've you know, been in the industry for 30 years we, and both of us and, you know, have seen many cycles come and go. This is a cyclical business. And I think we are going through one of the most difficult cycles ever, but that's going to come out stronger. And I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. And I, I, I believe it. I'm, I'm staying here and I, and I see it happening around me and I believe it. Well, we got to appreciate your positive energy and your spirit. We got to have more of that. Uh, we'll all gonna, we're all going to get out and start traveling. We know it. And our industry is strong, resilient, with great leaders. So Shafi, thank you for the time. You're a good friend. I appreciate you joining me. Uh, stay safe, safe travels. Thank you, Deke. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Shafi.